Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Nogan, joined by Paul Moyes. Deadline day in Major League Baseball. Uh, lots of moves going on. Lots of uh, uh, players changing teams all over the place. Uh, it started early yesterday with a blockbuster uh, Josh Hader trade from the Brewers to the Padres, uh, and, and it continued all the way up through uh, last night with Frankie Montas uh, getting traded to the the uh, uh, New York Yankees. Uh, we'll get to. Trade deadline day stuff uh, here in a few minutes, uh, but first I want to talk about uh, the Guardians and and their exciting, thrilling last uh, last at bat walk off win last night against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Ahmed Rosario coming through with the base hit in the bottom of the eleventh inning uh, after Ahmed Rosario or after uh, Andres Jimenez had tied the game. With a clutch uh, RBI single in the tenth, uh, the the Guardians are five and five in their last ten games, uh, but they're still just one game out of the uh, American League Central Division lead, and and now they're they're creeping up on that third wild card spot. Yeah, really, uh, kind of an interesting night, Joe. <clears throat> the only thing that could have been better is if uh, the Twins lost the next two innings, <laughs> but <clears throat> excuse me, Gio Urshela. Uh, gave them the win over a walk-off win with a home run over Detroit. So they stayed uh, a game ahead of uh, Cleveland. Um, and uh, But uh, the win pushed uh, the Guardians within one game of the wild card. Tampa Bay and Seattle are tied for the second and third spot there. So it's going to be a really kind of an interesting uh, couple weeks here to see just where uh, where this momentum if you know the if the guardians can continue to carry this momentum and uh, keep going uh just recapping last night's game uh kind of a, a a weird start for Cal Quantrill who came out last night and you know looked pretty good <clears throat> early on in the game and then uh you know gave up a three run home run to Christian Walker there uh in in the fourth inning tied the game after uh, Rosario and Owen Miller had hit two run home runs each to, to give Cleveland a lead. Uh, and, and you have Andres Jimenez, uh, four hits, three stolen bases, uh, just clutch, uh, obviously in extra innings, like, like he has been all year. Uh, this was, this was a typical, uh, Cleveland, you know, Guardiac kids, uh, comeback win, uh, as you wrote in the headline, 
Uh, we, we've seen this a lot from these guys lately, and that can only be a good thing when you've got a bunch of 23 and 24-year-olds who never believe they're out of a game no matter what the score is. Yeah, that was uh, what their uh, that was their fifth walk off win. They are they've won twenty games in their last at bat, and uh, they are eight and two in extra innings. So you know they've got some mojo going when it when it goes to extras. Yeah, uh, there is a, a guy who doesn't have a lot of mojo right now, and that's Framil <laughs> Reyes. Uh, Reyes, we spotted him uh, clearing out his locker and hugging teammates and coaches. Uh, it appears as though although we don't have confirmation from the club as of yet that Reyes will be optioned to AAA. Uh, he does have two minor league options remaining. Uh, he's making $4.5 million, but uh, he's going to have to do that down in Columbus uh, for the Clippers. Uh, unless the, the club works some sort of trade to, to move him uh, before the deadline here at 6 o'clock today, uh, we're, we're expecting Framil Reyes to be uh, sent down to AAA and Oscar Gonzalez to be activated off the injured list. Yeah, uh, just uh, kind of, you know, that 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 site we've all, you know, grown accustomed to see, you know, when a player is shaking hands and hugging his teammates and coaches, you know, he's going somewhere. And uh, it sure seems like, uh, you know, Framil had two options left, so he could be sent down. Um it's and uh, you know, it's it's tough, you know. It's tough to see this guy was what the opening day uh, DH middle of the, you know middle of the lineup presence that the Guardians were you know counting so heavily on, and he just never got started, Joe. It just never it, it never you know we didn't see that thirty home run guy, you know that we've seen the you know the last the past two seasons, uh, past two and a half seasons, I guess with uh that we that we saw since he came over from San Diego. It just looked like he was lost at the plate. He didn't know what was coming. Uh you know, the pitchers were always one step ahead of him and some of the swings that he took just looked uh, just just awful uh mechanically and uh, you know at the right time. You know, he, he's a guy who has the potential to hit 30 home runs and drive in 100 runs every year if he if he figures things out. Uh, you don't want to let go of a guy like that or let go of him for nothing. Uh, so I can understand if they option him down to AAA. I can also understand if they if they trade him and, and maybe maybe a change of scenery is is what does it. Uh, you know, we're talking about a guy who who really he had freely admitted before he got to uh, spring training that during that lockout, you know, he he didn't pick up a bat. He didn't he didn't swing. He didn't hit. Uh, he didn't do any baseball activities. Uh, down in the Dominican, uh, we saw on social media that, you know, he's sort of the life of the party going to the clubs uh, and, and posting videos of it pretty much every other night uh, while while other players waited and, and sort of worked out and prepared and got ready for the end of the lockout. Uh, Reyes wasn't doing that. And I think the organization might have seen that and tried to light a fire under him uh, earlier in the season with uh, with, you know, whether he was really injured or not with the hamstring. Uh, and the threat was there, you know, get your get your button gear or or this is going to end badly. And and it finally came to uh, to head last night as we're watching him shake hands with uh, with teammates and, and, and give out hugs. Uh, he knows he's not going to be around for at least a month uh, and, and, you know, beginning right now. Yeah, he's, he seemed to me, Joe, that. Um kind of the, he, he got caught in between uh you know he's a power hitter 
the Indians, you know, it seems like they've changed philosophies, you know, when it comes to offense, you know, contact first. And all of a sudden, you know, a big swinging guy, you know, he tried to change his swing to maybe make more contact instead. And they got away from doing what he, you know, what, what, what he got, what brought him to the big leagues. And he just kind of was caught in between, you know, the 42, what over 40% strikeout rate. Just, uh, you know, you can't do that. If you, yeah, you can do that, but you've got to hit 35 or 40 home runs. And we just didn't see that from Reyes. And, uh, you know, he, you know, he was on the injured list the one time they, you know, they kept him, they kept him there for a long time, you know, on a rehab uh, in, in Columbus, trying to get him going. He, you know, he had some decent numbers with Columbus, but it, it just never translated when he got back to the big leagues. This now opens up, uh, you know, sort of a, the, uh, there's a lot more flexibility with, with Reyes who really couldn't play the outfield on a consistent basis. Uh, you're going to have Oscar Gonzalez back. He can be out there in right field. Uh, you've got Will Benson now up with the club. He can be out there in right field. He can play all three outfield positions actually pretty well. Uh, and and defense is, is pretty good. Uh, and you've got Nolan Jones. Uh, you can rotate those guys. You can platoon them. You can, you know, put two of them in the lineup and, uh, you know, one, as one is a DH. Uh, and, and if, uh, Josh Naylor needs, uh, you know, a night off at, at first base. Uh, Nolan Jones and Will Benson can both play there as well, although we haven't seen a lot of it. Uh, so really getting Reyes down to AAA sort of frees up a lot of options for Terry Francona. You're not kidding, Joe. You know, the lineup becomes a lot more flexible, like you were saying. Uh, you know, Reyes, they played him, you know, quite a bit in 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 the outfield this year. But, you know, he's not – I mean, he's kind of a liability out there. He's, you know, but uh, so, you know, with uh, Jones and, and uh, Gonzalez when he comes back and, and uh, you know, Benson, you know, they've got a lot you – know, they've got a lot of options. And the guys – big guys that can move, that can run and – uh it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know how uh, Jones and Benson are going to do at first base. Uh, <laughs> that might be a circus, but uh, I guess we're going to see. Yeah, I, I, I really think that the, Terry Francona values that flexibility and that ability to move guys around and have uh, really Reyes only really played a lot of games in the outfield out of necessity because of all the double headers that, that, that Cleveland had this year or has had and, and will continue to have. Uh, you know, that's why you saw him on a pretty regular basis running out there to right field was because he wanted to give guys a little more time off their feet and not try to kill them through nine doubleheaders. Uh, so, yeah, moving Fran Mill out does free up a lot of uh, a lot of options for Francona, and we'll see how he, he decides to to play that. Uh, you talked about the the Twins, and, and they won on a walk-off as well. Uh, you know, one guy... One game behind the Twins, one game out of the third wild card spot. The Twins went ahead and made a move uh, this morning. They got Jorge Lopez, an all-star closer from the Baltimore Orioles. The The Twins' bullpen has an ERA up over four, and, and Lopez has an ERA of, uh, you know, 1.68, something something like that. Uh, this is a guy who who was uh, – you he was cut. He was out there. He was just a free agent floating out there. And Baltimore picked him up and turned him into an all-star. Yeah, just uh, and it cost uh, 
The Twins gave up four players for this guy. I mean, that, is that the cost of a reliever on the market right now? I'm, uh, Cleveland could certainly use one, but uh, I, I don't know. That's expensive for a guy that was on the waiver wire. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Twins, you know, obviously are, are making a move. Uh, you know, they've helped that bullpen. Um, and, you know, Joe, it's going to be a race. I mean, I don't think all, any of these three teams are going to, you know, fade into the distance in the AL Central. It's going to, we're going to, you know, this is going to go right into uh, deep into September to yeah. see uh, just exactly who wins this division. We saw the White Sox add to their bullpen already. Chicago already had a, a pretty deep bullpen, if you think about it in the first place. But they added Jake Diekman from... Uh, Boston. They sent uh, they sent their their catcher Reese McGuire to the Red Sox. Uh, McGuire actually replaces Christian Vasquez, who I don't know if you were watching last night. Uh, Vasquez found out about uh, his trade from Boston to Houston while he was on the field in Houston taking batting practice. Uh, the uh, the reporters all told him, you know, hey, you've been traded to the Astros, and the the look on his face was really one of shock and. You know, he started to started to tell the reporters, oh, this is a business and that kind of thing. <laughs> and the Boston PR guy uh, comes and puts his arm around him and sort of leads him away from the reporters. It was uh, an interesting scene, uh, but but not one that's totally uncommon on uh, on trade deadline day. Uh, so, yeah, you know, moves are happening all over the place. Uh, the the Royals continue to be sellers after, you know, earlier in the week, moving Andrew Benintendi. Uh, they traded, uh, who was it, Emmanuel Rivera, uh, one of their infielders. Uh, we mentioned Frankie Montas and Lutrevino, uh heading to New York for, uh, for a bunch of prospects uh, from the Yankees. Uh, Yankees also got Scott Efros from uh, the Cubs. So, you know, there's, there's moves happening all over, and they continue to, to happen today. Uh, Jake Odorizzi going from Houston to Atlanta for a relief pitcher in Will Smith. All these relief pitchers changing hands, uh, uh, certainly quite the commodity right now for uh, for major league teams that are in contention. Yeah, re- relief pitchers always go at the at the break. I, th- I mean, at the at the deadline, Joe. That's everybody. You know, every contender probably needs a reliever for their bullpen. You know, to take them into the last two months of the season. Uh, and I would not be surprised if the Guardians would try to do the same thing. Uh, one guy who's not going anywhere, Tarek Skubal, uh, young lefty in Detroit. Uh, we, we've seen him a bunch of times uh, with Cle- against Cleveland. Uh, Skubal, who had been, uh, you know, rumored to be shopped out there, uh, not going anywhere. Uh, the, the Tigers take him off the market. So uh, really the, 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 big, the big shoe that we're waiting to see drop is the Juan Soto trade. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are reporting that, it will definitely be happening. A lot of guys reporting it. San Diego is the front runner right now. San Diego, St. Louis are, are all teams that are, are in contention. I saw one, I saw a couple of tweets that said Josh Bell, who might be of, of interest to the Guardians, uh, is, is a throw-in with Soto to that package in, in San Diego. Uh, all very interesting. You know, What are your thoughts on where, uh, where Soto might end up and how that might affect uh, a, uh, it may be a domino effect for, for the rest of the, the training deadline. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's the big fish. Uh, you know, I would think San Diego has been really, really aggressive. Um, you know, they, they got hater. I mean, uh, if you get Soto, that would be, uh, you know, 
that would be a heck of a move. I mean, they're they're, they're not going to win the NL West. You know, they're they're really way behind uh, uh, San Diego. I mean, uh, the Dodgers, but you know, they could get into the wild card, and they you know they haven't been in a wild card. What's that? You know, they've been they've been outside of the uh, the uh, pandemic season. They really haven't made the postseason much. So, you know, that's a big uh, that would be a big get for for the Padres. But, I, you know, I think the Dodgers, if they really want Soto, they they'll probably they they would end up getting them. But where do you put them in that lineup, Joe? Yeah. Uh, if you think about lineups that you, you could have, uh, you, I mean, if Tatis is able to come back for San Diego, you could have Soto, Tatis, and Machado all in the same lineup. Uh, you know, pretty crazy amount of talent there. Uh, if you put him in L.A., you've got, you know, Betts and uh, Freeman. And free, yeah, just everybody. Freddie Freeman, uh, Mookie Betts, and, and Soto out there. Uh, who who do you play in center and who do you play in, in right if you've got Juan, uh, Juan Soto and Mookie Betts at the same time? That's just <laughs> – it's crazy. It's It's – uh, almost as bad as you know what what they have in New York with the just the amount of talent that they can put out there. So, uh, yeah, we are getting closer, obviously, to the six o'clock deadline. What moves are we looking at the Guardians to make? We we know that they have needs at at catcher. We know that there are different levels of options for them in terms of short term, long term, or or, or prospects. Uh, you know, what do you see them doing here at the uh, at the deadline? Well, I've heard, you know, they're, they're, you know, obviously they have a, you know, uh, a backlog of, of uh, prospects, they're shopping prospects, you know, they'd like to get, they'd like to bring in a catcher, they'd like to maybe add to the rotation or the bullpen, and they, you know, use those, uh, those prospects to get them. Uh, it would be interesting. I mean, you know, I've heard, you know, John Kenzie Noel's name, um, uh, that, which, you know, he, that, that would be an interesting, <laughs> that would be an interesting deal. He, he leads the, uh, leads the organization with 28 home runs. I think he's got 60 RBIs, you know, big strikeout guy, but you know, some unlimited power. So that would be, a, that would have to interest some teams, I think. Yeah. A, that would be a, a bat that I would hesitate to, to try to move, but you know, you want to keep a guy like a George Valera because you, you see him, as being like a, a long-term piece for your, your outfield, maybe even in center field or, or right. Um, John Kenzie, Noel, young, uh, controllable and already on the 40 man roster. So, you know, teams would, would have to, you know, make moves to, to, to keep him. Um, as far as the young pitching talent, do you think there's any chance that uh, Daniel Espino gets moved? Uh, you know, he had been rumored to, to be what the, the Nationals were seeking if, uh, you know, if the, if the Guardians had gotten together in, in the Juan Soto deal. Yeah, you know, that was uh, when when uh, the Guardians called Washington, um, you know, about Soto just to kick the tires on him to do their due diligence. Uh, you know, they, they tried to build the, you know, the conversation was tried to, you know, started with uh, started with the Espino, Daniel Espino. But you know the uh, the the Nationals liked him, but it was hard to build a deal from what I heard because Espino hasn't pitched since the end of April. Mm -hmm. You know, so they really weren't sure about his can you know where he was physically because of the knee injury. Uh, I think he's rehabbing in Arizona now. Right. But uh, you know, so that kind of ended those conversations. But you know, they still have. I think they still have a need. 
Uh, I heard that they they hadn't talked or, you know, that they had, you know, that they really, you know, are still looking for that, that catcher, you know, an offensive minded catcher gives them a little more pop than, than they're getting right now from hedges. And uh, so we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we've heard Sean Murphy, we've, but there's, there's other catchers out there that I think that might interest them. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Contreras, another guy that, that could be a, uh, an option there. So, uh, you know, it all depends on how you see the rest of the season going the final two months and where you, you put your uh, contention window uh, and, and the time frame of that as well. Cause if uh, you know, if you, see yourself contending this year and next year uh you know sean murphy might be a guy that you would want and and you'd be able to be willing to give up a little more for him uh but you're not going to give up too much for wilson Contreras just to rent him for for two months and a a shot at you know going for a a wild card or a division title yeah i think that's a good point joe they uh I don't think they feel they're one hit, one one player, one pitcher, one position player away from you know making a deep run into October. I think you know they they, they so they're they're trying to you know balance that, walk that fine line like we've said so many times. You know, keep your prospects, develop your prospects, develop your young players, while still you know trying to win as many games as you can and 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 get into the postseason and and take a chance then. So. You know, I I still think they're going to make a move, some kind of move here to, uh, you know, to improve this roster because it would be it would be a shame if they didn't, if they just kind of let this this team wither on the vine. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but, you know, every you know, they played so well up until this point that you like, I think, uh, in that clubhouse you're looking for a little boost right now. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing the White Sox, you're seeing the Twins do things. I think it's, you know, it, it would be, it would help if they added something to this roster right now. Yeah, they could certainly use it. All right, Hoinsey, uh, what do you say we uh, go watch a baseball game tonight and then record another podcast uh, talking about the Guardians and their huge deal for Juan Soto uh, <laughs> later on uh, at the ballpark tonight? Let's Let's do that. Uh, we'll be here, uh, follow along on cleveland.com slash subtext, uh, subscribe there for three ninety nine a month and you can get our updates. Uh, this is the best day to be a subtext subscriber because we're firing off all sorts of, uh, uh, inside, uh, little tidbits. I mean, you knew about the, uh, the Fran mill, uh, clearing out his locker, uh, story last night, uh, before anybody else did, before there was even a story on cleveland.com. So, uh, follow us there. Hoinsey, we'll uh, we'll check in again with you uh, later on and and see what we do on the deadline. All right, Joe. 